the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Friday edition of The Ride Home. It's good to be with you. It's been a, a short holiday week. I mean, we had Monday off because of Labor Day. A lot of people did. But it, it was still a very active week, was it not? Hey, Kathy. Yeah, I think there was a lot going on, you know, with the uh, start of the NFL, with the presidential election heating up, with uh, Mike Pence, President Trump, and Joe Biden being in uh, southwestern Pennsylvania within a couple of days of each other. Yes, and today uh, being September 11th. Yeah, just and today's the anniversary, as you said, of September 11th. It just seems mm-hmm. like there's a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to keep up sometimes. It is isn't hard. It? I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm trying my best here in my spare yeah. room, John, but one person can only do so much. Right, yeah. Hey, uh, during the, uh, your downtime of little R&R, mm-hmm. did you uh, tune in last night and watch opening night of the NFL? I did. Yeah. All right. Well, um, after this offseason of uh, social and political turmoil, mm-hmm. uh, the NFL players made it clear on the night of the season opener that they will continue to shine the light on uh, their perception of social injustice and police brutality. The uh, Texans, Houston Texans, were in Kansas City Mo on Thursday to face the Chiefs for the first game of the year. They remained in their locker room during the playing of the Star-Spangled Banner and lift every voice and sing, which is known as the Black National Anthem after the protests following the uh, killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis in late May. The league said that the song... Every uh, lift, every voice and sing will be played before every game in week one of the season. So uh, after the anthems were played, Texas ran onto the field. You saw that I did to a smattering of booze from the Arrowhead Stadium crowd, which was reduced to 22 percent capacity. And then booze continued as the players all came on center field and uh, locked arms, which was, uh, I thought, surprising. And, With the locking uh, of arms or the booing? The booing, and was also a source of controversy as well. Now, also, uh, you know, while this was going on, uh, NBC chose to put, I believe, and I, I can't find anything about this today. It was probably on the screen for three seconds, maybe four seconds, of a list of things that I believe the players were demanding happen in the United States of America. Um, like... I didn't see that. Well, it was up there so ever so quick. Uh, they talked about police brutality. They talked about the wanting to join together, you know, in times of turmoil. To be honest, it was up there so fast. And I believe in my reading today that that was up on the scoreboard uh, around the stadium and fans saw these demands or these hopes and wishes or dreams. And that was also part of the... Um, the booze. Oh, really? The booze, they did rain down on the players. Okay. So let, let me confess something. So I was out of the room for a little bit of time and, you know, I saw the beginning, I saw the star spangled banner Yeah. and then I had to leave the room and go do something. And then I came back 
just as the players were gathering in the center of the field to, to link hands. Yeah. I did not even hear any booing. I don't know what, really? how, I'm not sure how I could have missed that because it's all over the news today. Um, yeah. I really liked the arm thing. This is why, because it, it was kind of a mess. It was, it was a mess. kind of it was like unrehe- it was, there was no rehearsal. Obviously. There was no rehearsal. I liked that it was it was not pre-planned or at least it wasn't, you know, practiced in any way. Right. It looked organic. Um, I like the fact that it was everybody out there. It was different. You know, it wasn't just the black players. It right. was everybody out there, um, because if there's any way forward out of this, we all have to be looking in the same direction. Right. Uh, no matter what our color. Uh, so I, li- I like that part. Um, but the so. But we don't, I mean, it's a mob. No one knows, like, so why was the mob booing? I mean, no one's going to be able to answer that question, right? No, you know, just general dissatisfaction. I believe that most people- How could people, you be dissatisfied when it's your, the first week- After you won the Super NFL Bowl. NFL season, and you just won the Super Bowl. I think yeah. they were, I'm guessing that they were probably booing because the Texans were out on the field. They were booing um, the opposition. I, I have no idea. N- no way to counter that. But, you know, people uh, get upset. They People, you know, they don't want politics as part of their game. Well, uh, I d- okay, so how do you feel about that? So, I mean, I don't want politics part of my game either. I would just like sports, for sports to be an escape right. from the world. But then I think I'm just too naive. I'm too childish. I need to just be able to say, well, this sports is not an escape from the world. This is the way it is. And so just embrace it. Well, I'm of two minds, but but I, I do believe this. This is what I ultimately believe, believe that the uh, the players in the NFL and, of course, the players' union, that's very powerful. Now, look, um, they have a platform, right? Uh, you and I are fortunate to have a platform. So whoever has some sort of public platform, you try to make the best of it. Right, you want to use it. Right. And so We're the good. players have used that platform to put this forward, you know. Um, and, and for me, just as a a, a viewer, uh, who am I to minimize what they have to say? Right. Because I'm called, I'm called to love my neighbor, to listen to my neighbor, at least listen. I may not agree with what my neighbor has to say, but I'm going to listen. You don't listen. agree with me half the time, but at least. Well, we're clearly not neighbors. No, we are neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, right. We are called to listen to our neighbors, yeah. to, to love our neighbors. So if you're upset and you have a platform and it's my choice, if I want to choose to engage or not, I mean, right. I, I can, I'll tune in the game 10 minutes after the game starts and I, I'll just eschew all that, that controversy. But I believe because they've got a platform, then they have a right to say what they want to say. And we, as listeners of viewers choose or not, right. Yeah. It is the fight for community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it is the fight for something that is a higher ideal. And Look, history is not going to be stopped. So what's happening here is something that essentially is our, out of our control. Yeah. We don't, we well, don't have- I don't know if it's out of our control. I mean, you have, the, you have control over your small portion of the world. Every person who's either posting something on social media or going out to protest or you know, has a platform like the governor or a senator, or the pre- everybody, you have your own little corner that you can control. Yeah, it's sure. You but you can't control the whole thing. But what am I going to do? I'm going to stand on a street corner and I'm going to yell, hey, stop protesting or, you know, Black Lives Matter, stop whatever. That I'm not going to do that. What, you, that's, mean, you mean you're saying you're not going to turn aside all the other people who want to do something? If you need to speak out, then this is, this is what America is built on. Right. So then speak out. Just do so in a sensible, nonviolent way. There's that's the problem. And when remember, people get crazy. And I also think it is. 
I don't know, for any of us who have a public platform, and we hear this from listeners all the time, is that you have to be careful not to go too far with what you're advocating yeah. because you nobody wants to be beaten over the head with something. Look, I mean, why do people get upset with what goes on in the field? I mean, play the game, right? Well, that's what you're hoping. We're all tuning in to see entertainment. We want to be entertained. We want to watch a game. We want to watch grown men essentially brutalize each other, which is what the NFL is all about. Great sport. Who wouldn't love that? But it's your choice to tune in or not. And the politics thing, I mean, I'd rather it wasn't there, but I'm not going to say no to that. Love your neighbor. All right. Okay. Can I say something else that was a surprise to me? I mean, I'm a relatively, you know, person who I I believe is is aware of what's going on in the world. Um, Lift Every Voice is a song I know. Do you know that until last night, I did not realize it was also known as the Black National Anthem? I I did not know this either. Okay. So so that's probably, and you and I are, you know, in the news, in the media for our job, right? We're, We're always reading. We're always, so that is, that is indicative of the great divide between us and our African-American brothers and sisters. How so? What do you mean? That we well, did not I just know think that? The fact, the, fact that I, the fact that you nor I even knew that that song was the Black National Anthem probably says something about but, how, how separated our cultures are. But what does that mean? It's the Black National Anthem. I mean, we have, a, we have one national anthem. Now, right. all of a sudden, we have two national anthems? Well, I mean, the Black na- National Anthem has been around since 1900, so but, it's not like it's a new thing. No, no, but what does that mean by calling it the Black National Well, I mean, I... In what way? Well, well how is I feel it like I'm not, than I, I don't, I don't really feel qualified to speak to that. From what I've read, I can say that it was, that it, it was written by, it was started as a poem. The music was put to it by uh, the brother of the person that wrote the poem. And it was supposed to be indicative of the struggle of African-Americans to be part of the moving engine of America. So a representation of the black struggle yes. in this country yes. that's why it's been adopted as a national anthem. right i mean i get that but you know it's a in beautiful some ways, song i have no i have no problem with that i have no problem with it either i truly i don't however but, but I you do see worry what i'm about- saying the fact that neither you nor i knew that just says there's a lot about black culture we know nothing about yeah okay so and the average white person in America knows nothing. So then what is this going to mean then? Then from now on, from moving forward, every time in a civil setting in a, where the national anthem is played, we're also going to play the black uh, national know. anthem? I mean, well, that's I mean, not, What does that mean? Because yeah. then that's, that's, not, that's not connection. That's not community. Right, that's, There's a right. gulf there. Right. right. That's not unum with right. the e pluribus. So that's, you know, it's, it's separate. It's well, it's, so this is the challenge we have, right? Is I think at this point with all the conversations we're having, we could e- easily splinter and become two different cultures well, and two different no, countries. Then that's crazy. It is we're, crazy. We're looking I think for it, I unification. Think it, I th- right. But, but, but at this point, don't you think it's important to say that out loud and say, okay, there's a chance that we don't move forward together. There's a chance that we don't. And it's not just black and white. There's a chance that red and blue don't move together. I mean, I, I don't think anymore we can right. we can look at America and say we are one country, unified, right? Land of the free, home of the brave, and you know, 
indivisible. Kath, 19 years ago when the towers fell, this country was more unified than it had been in decades. I know. How do we quickly lose that? Mm -hmm. This America is still the greatest country in the world, despite all of its flaws. We are the greatest based upon democracy Mm -hmm. and freedom for all. Now, look, nothing's perfect. We all know that. But I think I think truly we believe that people are trying their best. Are we nudging things? Are we zigzagging? Are there, you know, ups and downs? Of course there are. But I believe this is still the greatest country. Right. I, I also agree with you that it is the greatest country. But as we say it is the greatest country, we recognize it hasn't been the greatest country for everybody. I agree. But we want it to be because the way it was designed to be, we want it to turn into that. We all want to be people that are working toward America becoming yes. what we always wanted it to be. And so that's when I go back to my, you know, the machinations of the movement of history in this world, that there are things that, you know, this is larger than yeah. us. This is, yeah. and it is moving forward in some ways through its own device. Now, you know, we can talk about, you know, Black Lives Matter, the organization we, that goes into that. I, you know, I believe, you know, that black lives do matter, right? People say that I believe black lives matter, but I don't believe in the organization or systematic racism. What does that mean? Or, you know, a critical race theory. What does all that mean? There's all these different tendrils there that people have a niggling amount of, of um, knowledge about mm-hmm. and, moving it forward with little hits and pieces and it doesn't add up to a whole lot right now two years down the road five years down the road 10 years down the road 19 years down the road will there be a clear picture let's hope so there will be a clear picture but what we decide to do at this point whether we're going on together or apart whether it's black white or red blue we're going to decide that in the next i don't know five years And at the same time, the booing, I think people kind of go, well, you know, um, look, I'm pro, I'm pro football. I'm pro America. The booing that goes on. I thought that was ridiculous. I was kind of shocked. I hate booing anyway. I hate booing all the time. You're going to boo your home team? Booing booing is part of of American sports. Yeah. I mean, good grief. You buy a ticket, you're you're allowed to boo. Go to a pirate game. Listen for some booing. (laughs) Yeah. Kidding me? I don't know. The booing, though, was for what? What? The fight for community? I think it was for the Houston Texans. Was it racist? I think no, it was Houston Texans. I'm not sure about that. Kate, the I'm opponent. Sure. I don't know. Hey, is it too late for me to tell you? Tell me what? I'd like to tell Mike. Oh, please. Go right I'd ahead. also like to tell our listening audience. Yes. Your weekend has begun. Oh, yes. It's 18 minutes past the four o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. Truly, at least in this corner of the world, all is right and well. Let's take a break. Come back and set us up, Kath. All right, coming up on today's show in our five o'clock hour, excited to have Dr. David Koizis back with us. We'll talk about a survey and Christian critique of uh, what things are like politically in America and couldn't we use it from someone who is uh, learned and reasonable. David Koizis is both. That's at 510 this afternoon. Also, we'll talk about remembering Flight 93. Their momentous deeds will outlive us all. Terrific piece in today's Tribune Review. In the four o'clock hour, We'll talk to um, our favorite poet, Misha Willett, who is in the on-deck circle right now. He'll be with us in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk about 9-11 with him. And then at 425, one of our most popular segments, John and I will play this or that much more ahead on today's show. It is the weekend edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Thanks for being here.
101.5 WORD. In these prophetic times, imagine visiting the heart of Bible prophecy, Israel. You could win a Bible prophecy tour to Israel next March with Pathway to Victory's Dr. Robert Jeffress just by logging on to our station website and using the keyword Israel. Look out over the Valley of Armageddon where the final world battle will take place. Enter now and discover ways to get bonus entries. Sign up today at wordfm.com slash Israel. Hey, here's a common question. What are you going to do with your life? What's next? For high school students, graduates, and working adults ready to learn new skills to start a new career or enhance their career, there's Salem Career Hub. Online at SalemCareerHub.com. Prepare for the next step in your education. Get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your life through education. Our team of education professionals are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or visit 24-7 SalemCareerHub.com. Hi, this is John Hall, telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com. Save 30%. Use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard my pillows for free. That's mypillow.com promo code word or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about my pillow. 800-391-0954. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. No one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. On a day like today, September 11th, when you look back after 19 years to think about the towers falling and 3,000 plus people being murdered uh, here in the United States of America, not far from us, actually, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, of course. It's hard to put things into words. So we, we invite a poet to join us today. Mm-hmm. Misha Willett is with us. Misha has been a guest on our show over the past several months. Misha uh, teaches at English. Uh, he teaches English at Seattle Pacific University. Uh, his poems, essays, translations, academic articles appear widely. Uh, the author of two books, Misha Willett, The Elegy Beta and Phases, here today to talk to us about September 11th. Misha, welcome back. How are you today? I'm doing well, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, mm-hmm. our pleasure. Misha, I think John set it up well by um, saying that when you come to something like 9-11, often you, 
there's no more description, you know, there's no more prose that can be attached to it. I, I think I've never seen in my whole life an outcry for poetry like there was in America immediately after September 11th. Really? Oh, talk I think about that's that. exactly right. Yeah, yeah so because of the things that you're saying, people wanted someone to speak to like the confusion and chaos um, and pain of that moment. Um, and, and there was a huge, huge crop of books that came out right after. I think the best of them was called Good Poems for Hard Times. Um, but there were scores of them that came out as people sort of flailed around looking uh, to frame this experience somehow using language. Hmm. So, so then what does that say? That flailing around for language and emotion, all of that, sometimes prose is just, you know, doesn't fit right. It doesn't work well. That's interesting. Yeah, part of it has got to be that you don't have time to say, all read Uncle Tom's Cabin together, do you know what I mean, to commemorate an event. But right. what we can do is get on the airwaves and, and read a poem, for example, or at a funeral setting, as there were very, very many funerals um, right after in the week there following. Um, and they needed something that felt holy. And there's something about poetry that feels that way. I think, to, I think to everyone, even if you prefer fiction, we acknowledge that there's something special and sort of covered about poetry as a, mm-hmm. a specialized instance of language. Mm-hmm. Also, there are those moments that um, defy explanation and you know pro i'm not trying to denigrate prose because i love it but there's there's a limit to it right right? um and so poetry kind of takes us uh to another space yeah and you know one of one of the things that it does is uh, transcends time in a really uh unique way so um for example one of the poems that i'd like to read a little bit from today is called september 1st 1939 um so, so that's what, some 60-something years before the event that we're talking about, and it's by W.H. Auden um, on the eve of the Second World War. And mm. it's kind of eerie how closely it matches the, the sort of public feeling of that day in September uh, 2001. Oh, well, we'd love do. to hear that. Let me, let me give you a little bit of it. It's a bit, it's a bit long, so I'll give you just two, two stanzas or so. It begins, I sit in one of the dives off 52nd Street, uncertain and afraid. As the clever hopes expire of a low, dishonest decade, waves of anger and fear circulate over the bright and darkened lands of the earth, obsessing our private lives. The unmentionable odor of death offends the September night. Wow. So W.H. Auden is speaking then of the Great Depression coming out of that, being surrounded by that death and despair for 10 years or more. Uh, that's a very apt description. Yeah. And then, but somehow this is one of the poems that were sort of resurrected in the uh, aftermath of September 11th that people started sharing um, with one another because one of the conclusions of it, uh, not the conclusion of the poem itself, but the sort of thematic conclusions of it, um, goes like this. I'll read from the penultimate stanza. Into this neutral air where blind skyscrapers use their full height to proclaim the strength of collective man each language pours its vein, oh, sorry, uh, and no one exists alone. Hunger allows no choice. To citizen or police, we must love one another or die. Mm. And I think that was one of the lessons that came out from, from that day. There was, a, there was kind of a sense of privation. We we're a bit concerned around the turn of the millennium with our own technological progress, right? 
but then the, one of the things we learned was, wait, I have to be concerned with more than my family or my village or my state or even my country. Somehow the choices I make here extend all around the world, and I need to find a way to love those people too. Hmm. That's so good. So what happened, of course, on September 11th, 2001, was such a surprise, a shock, so violent, uh, such a violation of our country. And and so, uh, as you say, Misha, that poetry feels holy. You know, we live in such chaos uh, in society, and more than ever, we needed a touch of holiness. So people went back to church, people gathered right. in community, you know, the mounds of flowers, the, the posters of, you know, missing people. We needed holiness more than ever. That's exactly right. Uh, some of the people, that's what happened. The other half of them went to the other side of the arena, and that, I think, was because of poetry as well. Um, this speaks to what Kathy was saying just, just before our talk here about how did we take that unity from that day and turn it into this huge division that we feel um, currently. And I think part of it happened because of a poem. And I don't know if you guys remember, but there was, there was a radio station, I think in Ohio, that on the afternoon of September 11th played John Lennon's Imagine. Mm-hmm. And that, I think they played it on repeat for the, for the whole afternoon. And that became some kind of... It became an anthem. Uh, you were just talking about national anthems as well. It, it became an anthem for what happened on that day. And I think that's totally wrong. That's a horrible, horrible choice. But in the absence Amen. of any other sh- – yeah, like let's imagine there's no God, and how great would it be if there were right. no religious people? Let's get rid of them, and everything will be fine. Yeah. The, he, you, You've I'll been be on a really you, sore you, spot. Whenever somebody brings up Imagine, Misha, Kathy, she just kind of like goes insane. Yeah, I just yeah. I think it's so inane. I, I cannot believe that someone thinks that that's the way forward. Yeah, that's right. But because it sounds pretty, a lot yeah. of people just thought, yeah, okay, that must be the way forward. And then we got all that, all those books about the God delusion and this huge atheist uprising, and it suddenly mm-hmm. became okay to insult and, and denigrate the ideas and beliefs of religious people on yeah. a public way, you know. Right. And also, you go back to the W.H. Auden poem. The, the, I think it was maybe the first stanza. He, he uses a, an adjective to describe the decade. What was that? Yeah, a low dishonest decade. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So the low dishonest decade. Now, can't we identify with that right now? Yes. I mean, so, so that, that term is so applicable to yeah. when he wrote it, 9-11 and now. I mean, Isn't it's just – it's like the Ecclesiastes of, right. you know, American reflection, right? Is that yeah. there's nothing new under the sun. Yes, that's good. Yeah. We're speaking with a poet, teacher, Misha Willett. Look for Misha online, MishaWillett.com. We're talking about poetry on this uh, September 11th, the 19th anniversary. So, Misha, give us another poem. Do you have something else for us? I do, yeah. This one I'll actually read. Last time I was on, I read from my first book, Phases. This is from the new one called The Elegy Beta. And I didn't realize how apt it was for September 11th until we set up this um, conversation. There's an airplane on the front of the book, for one. And mm. for two, it's a collection of elegies. That's a public space for grieving. That's, that's what they're for. Mm. Um, and I'll read one that's, that's particularly for 9-11, actually. Um, okay. we, can, we can talk more about it uh, afterwards, but it's called, My Displeasure with the Government Takes the Form of a Totem Pole. Mm. In effigy... The riot lights a figure and laughs. It's a burning bush. How do you like that, Jews? Old news almost to us, who find it a bit misguided as hate goes, and in poor taste as representation. Surely there's a clearer way to say death to America 
than this burning flower and newsprint strip doll. The idea being that you want the message accessible to all infidels, else what's the point? Maybe they don't have paper mache in schools. Or maybe they think these American fools will be so angry they can't see straight. But I'm not and can. And this hot straw doesn't so much resemble a man as flaming pastry thrown at chicken wire. Hmm. I don't get lit because the project looks tossed off, thought up the morning of, leaving both me and the message confused amid misdirected attack, like the straw that broke the camel on its way through the eye of a needle that's lost in a haystack. Wow. Wow. That's very complex. That's so beautiful. Uh, I mean, it speaks to the chaos, doesn't it? Right, right. And, and how we, where we put our anger. Kathy, you're right, right to choose that word. That, that shock, that sense of violation was so, so pertinent. How do we say, I am enraged, besides, you know, sort of lighting things on fire or rioting in our own way? Yeah. And what, what has brought us to this point? What has brought us to this place where we have to do something as visceral as that? You know, I, I was just yeah. reflecting. I was reflecting today on the things that brought me to tears on that day, which were very mm-hmm. many. I, I was pregnant with a baby um, on that day. And I just, you know, I remember just being in despair and hope and mourning and lament and everything else. But for some reason, the thing that sticks in my head the most are all of the notes that people were putting up in New York trying to find people, you know, and that desperate sense of you've got, that's how I felt when I was pregnant. I had like, I had hope, but then I didn't. Do you know what I mean? I was almost almost afraid to hope, you know, as those people were afraid to put that, to actually put that in writing that I can't find my husband yep. because maybe that meant that he would never be found. Yeah. You're, you'll actually know exactly what I'm talking about having, having been pregnant yourself, because one of the problems I think with, with the things you're talking about right before with the NFL protests and, and black lives matter and all that, and the people's response to 11 was we demand this speed. We, we say like, I am angry. I need to express this now. I need to fix this now. Whereas any, any woman who has been pregnant or any uh, man who's been married to a woman who's pregnant knows that to make something well takes time. Mm. You need, you know, you need that time to adjust your, your life patterns and your home and all that stuff, right. To make something that's going to be true, truly lasting and beautiful. And my poem there, it takes the form of a totem pole. The idea is, look, if you're going to carve a totem pole, it's going to take you months and months, maybe years and that gives you time to think, what is it I really need to say with this anger or with this, this mm. slide or this statement in support of justice? You, you need to stew on it, not, not to tie yourself up in knots, but to do the thing, something like justice. Yes. And thank goodness for poetry that acts as the guide, because certainly it's not quick and there's no easy solution to find our way through. Misha, thanks uh, as always. A great pleasure to have you with us on September 11th. Always happy to talk with you guys. Misha Willett, he is a poet, a teacher, a writer. Look from online, MishaWillett.com. Take a quick break, come back. It's our Friday feature, This or That, straight ahead on the ride home here on Word FM. Oh, my papa. 
To me you are so wonderful, oh my papa. To me you are so good. Does that song bring back memories of days gone by and sage folks in our lives? Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we love remembering the olden days. We also love honoring these dear folks in our lives at the upcoming Grandparents' Day ham and turkey dinner at the Springhouse. It's the second Sunday in September, and we'll be featuring our own hickory smoked ham, roast turkey, real mashed potatoes, and all the fixins. In our family, my mom and dad are so great at making each of their 19 grandchildren feel like the favorite. Do you know some special folks like that that you'd love to honor? Bring them to the Springhouse Country Store and Dairy Farm for good old-fashioned eating. Check out springhousemarket.com for more details or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Looking forward to seeing you at the Springhouse at 84 PA. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique. But you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement. But do you know how to get there? Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at radio.com. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low 60. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high 80. Tomorrow night, mainly cloudy and warm with a couple of showers, mainly later with a low 64. Sunday, mostly cloudy and humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. I'm now for this or that. It's our weekly delve into frivolity. Kath has 10 things that I choose, this or that. And then we turn the corner and I do 10 as well, this or that. Kath, you want to go first? Want me to go first? I feel like I should go first. All right, good. All right. Are you ready, John? I am for this or that. I begin with this. 
by the way, these are all fall 2020 things. Okay. Okay. That's the theme. Watch the pirates on TV. Yeah. Or read a book. Shoo. I mean, <laughs> these are desperate times. I don't... <laughs> oh, boy. I'll watch the pirates. Oh, wow. Okay. Watch the NFL on TV mm. or read a book. I'll watch the NFL. Okay. Watch the NHL playoffs or read a book. Well, if it was the Stanley Cup final, I would I would watch the NHL. I didn't say that. I said okay. the NHL playoffs. Read a book. Ah! Traitor to hockey. Number four, John. Uh, orange juice or hot apple cider? OJ, always. Really? Leaves falling or snow falling? Oh, leaves falling. Cinnamon sticks, John, or peppermint sticks? Cinnamon sticks. Eye patch or pumpkin patch? Oh, eye patch. (laughs) Give me that. (laughs) Carving a steak or carving a pumpkin? Carving a steak. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stretching out your brand new mechanical shoulder at physical therapy or bobbing for apples? Oh, no. Stretch that. Stretch that shoulder. Bring me back to normal. Good positive attitude. And last but not least, yes. drinking the stuff you have to drink before your colonoscopy or pumpkin spice latte at oh, Starbucks. Pumpkin spice latte all day long. Mm, this dang. or that. Very nice, Kathy. Funny stuff. Okay. Here is yours. This or that. Okay. Tuna noodle casserole. Oh. Chili. Oh, chili. Chuck Berry. Waylon Jennings. Oh, Chuck Berry. Itzhak Perlman, Yo-Yo Ma. Um, that's a hard Okay, Yo-Yo Ma. Slim Whitman, Spike Jones. <laughs> I think Slim Whitman is very odd and funny. I'm going with him. The band Bread. Oh. John Denver. Oh, oh, that's so unfair. What a horrible choice. This or that? Oh, there's no good that can come from that. I can't believe I have to pick bread. That's such right. how bad it is. I can't stand John Denver. A church pot luck or the passing of peace saying hello to your neighbor. Oh, pot luck. Hey, all right. 50 yard line Steelers, center ice. Pens. Centerized pens. Mm-hmm. National radio syndication, YouTube sensation. <laughs> yeah, I want to be the next YouTube star. I just have mm. to figure out what my niche is. I'm going right. for that. Your vacation home on Catalina Island. Oh. Burton Guster. <gasps> well, I have to pick Burton Guster. Okay, there I'm you go. And my cat. Taking a little drive to the north side with your kidney stone. Taking a little drive in a Giant Eagle electric cart. (laughs) Um, I think I'll take uh, transporting my kidney stone to the lab just because that meant that the ordeal was finished. That's your September 11th edition (laughs) of this or that.
101.5 WORD. On September 11, 2001, our nation was changed. Our nation was changed. The explosion at the World Trade Center. Live pictures of the World Trade Center literally starting to crumble. Together, we witnessed acts of bravery and true heroism. Remembering September 11, 101.5 WORD, one station under God. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their products and prices. One of those myths is that you have to wait for a holiday weekend to get the best price on a mattress. These sales are made possible by artificial price inflation, so it's hard to know if you're actually getting a good deal. That's why OMF offers our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't just have a low-pressure sales approach. We have a no-pressure sales approach. At OMF, you'll never feel pressure to buy when you're not ready. You can feel free to shop around, test out our mattresses as many times as you need to, and quiz our team on anything about the mattress industry. We're here to help make your mattress buying experience better not pressure you into a purchase you're not ready to make. Stop by an OMF store today to experience the no-pressure original mattress factory difference for yourself. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Hello, this is Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas and voice of PowerPoint Radio. Let me encourage you to be prepared to vote in this upcoming election. Before the Lord, it is our right and our responsibility to take part in the democratic process. The stakes are far too high to sit back and let others choose the course for our nation's future. Register, plan ahead, and please vote. How do we talk to those who we disagree with? I mean, these are very dicey days we live in. Pastor Eric Andre is with us. Pastor Andre is the campus chaplain for Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh, also associate pastor, First Trinity Church in North Oakland. Eric, pastor, welcome back. How are you today? I'm doing well, John. How are you doing? Real good, thanks. This is a a very timely subject. Thanks for bringing this up. Yeah, and Eric, yeah, yeah, I I think the question let's start with is, why is it so hard? (laughs) because <laughs> you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. I mean, right. I mean, that, that, that's the simple answer. And, and we, and we, we're, we're, our vision is off where we don't, we don't see the board in our own eye because it's there and it's blocking our vision. And, and, but we very easily somehow see the speck in other people's eye and, right. and, you know, and, and, and with the political climate, 
polarized, and this is true also even within the church, right? So, so I think what what we've been doing in our student Bible study that I've been leading on Wednesday nights is we've been talking about uh, the framework for how, how do we engage uh, politically, how do we engage in religious dialogue, interfaith dialogue, uh, when we have deeply, deeply held convictions. Uh, and others have opposite uh, deeply held convictions, and and uh, you know we try we've been trying to build that framework uh, with with scripture, uh, with our Lord's words and our, our Lord's example. So how do you start that conversation then? Right, you're in a room with somebody, it goes yeah. off into politics or whatnot, um, it yeah. gets angry. What do you do? Well, I think for most of us, certainly for me, my instinct is I want to jump in, I want to get my point across, and I want to be heard. But St. James tells us in his epistle in the first chapter that we should be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think it's, it's, it's such practical and yet such difficult exhortation to take to heart. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we don't have time today to get into it, but I would recommend to people to check out in Dietrich Bonhoeffer's little book, Life Together, he has a, a chapter uh, it's titled either ministry or service, depending on which uh, translation you have. But he, taught, he says that the first service we owe to one another is the ministry of listening. And so we should actually sit and patiently listen, maybe even that entire first conversation, and maybe sleep on it for a night and then come back the next time. So I think that, that's, that's the first thing we should do, listen. Uh, then the first thing we should do maybe is not speak to that person, but speak to God in prayer. Right? Jesus tells us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us, uh, to pray and, uh, for our enemies. And again, Bonhoeffer is fantastic here in Cost of Discipleship. He points out that enemies are those who harbor hostility against us, not those against whom we cherish hostility, because that is not even a possibility. The Christian treats someone with whom they have conflict as a brother, not as an enemy. We treat them with love. And so our behavior towards them is determined not by the way others would you know, treat me, but by the treatment I've received from Jesus. And so my source of love for the enemy is Jesus. It's the will of Jesus. It's, it's love. So I cannot be an enemy to someone else, even if they are hostile and, and have enmity mm-hmm. towards me. So I think those are the first two kind of building blocks of the framework, if you will. What James says in chapter 1 and what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, on Sermon on the Mount in, in chapter 5 of, of Matthew. Right. And that's perfectly now explains why it's so hard, because in our current culture, everybody is so amped up. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me so mad. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it is. It, and you know what? It, it is difficult because everyone's so amped up and because we take things personally and we are quick to offend and quick to be offended. But, yes. but it's not impossible. It's not impossible because, again, as Bonhoeffer points out, Christ himself is the source. And, and, I, and I think of those words that, that many of us hear every Sunday, uh, the words of institution at the Last Supper that instituted Holy Communion. When did Jesus give the gift of himself? When did he give himself and his body and blood into suffering and death for us? It was then on the night when he was betrayed. You know, the night of deepest enmity of humanity towards our Lord, that's when he gives himself. It's, it's, it's the opposite from the way we would be instinctively wanting to react. But Jesus gives himself on the night when he was betrayed. And by giving himself, he's also not only giving an example there, but he's giving the source and strength in his word, in the sacraments, in his presence. 
so that he is actually active in us and not only in us, but through us. I can't forgive. I can't be patient if I'm left to my own resources, my own devices. But if I am a Christian, that means I am of Christ. That means he, that means he is in me and I am in him. And, and then, then this is possible. It is possible to forgive, to love, to, to, to put the best construction on my neighbor's, my enemy's words, to speak well of him or her. Uh, Martin Luther explains the commandment on bearing false witness, saying that we should explain everything in the kindest way, put the best construction on everything our neighbor or even our enemy does. And that in the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, in, in terms of forgiveness, God's forgiveness for us and our forgiveness for others, because we are forgiven, therefore, with that same forgiveness, we will sincerely forgive and even gladly do good to those who sin against us. I mean, it's easy to do good to those who do nothing but good to us. Even the Pharisees and tax collectors do that. But yes. to sincerely forgive, we have to have been sinned against. And then it's a course, and then it's a cause for celebration, because forgiveness is ultimately what reconciles. Listening, forgiveness, and love. That, 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 this is the framework. Very nice. Listening, forgiveness, and love. So, Eric, then have you seen this model take place actively within the church? Because often, you know, we preach, but then we don't follow our, our own preaching. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I've seen it. Uh, there's a group that I'm familiar with called Ambassadors of Reconciliation. They have some really good materials that work, you know, workshops and Bible studies. And I've seen this in action where there's been conflict in the church. I've seen it, you know, politically and socially. It's it's not impossible. Uh, it, it is doable uh, with God. Things with God, all things are possible. This is what we've been talking about in our Bible study on on Wednesday evenings, as I mentioned. Uh, if I can plug that, I have a young adult Bible study. It's online, so anyone nice. who's interested can contact me. It's for ages 17 to 29, uh, 8 o'clock Wednesday nights, and they can reach me at ericandre at gmail.com or 412-683-4121. Yeah, and and I've seen it modeled there because we have have different people. We have different people with different political persuasions in this Bible study, and and we're actually listening and and, and conversing Mm -hmm. and finding that we have more agreement than we thought we first would because we're actually listening. Oh, I love right. this. Yeah, okay, so that's an important point to make. We're almost out of time, um, Eric, but if you do enter into the conversation, it is surprising how much common ground you can find. You, you'd never think yes. that you could at the beginning. I think most people of goodwill have the same goals and motives. We have to stop thinking that the motive of someone who disagrees with me on a political issue is the destruction of our society. For most people, it's not. It's actually the goal is human flourishing, and we, we may disagree on how to get there. But if we can actually acknowledge that you know, we have similar goals, maybe there are some things we can even share. In some ways, we can, we can work on getting there. Maybe there's some compromises I can make or you can make or we can both make uh, when we actually oh, listen to and try to break down. Yeah, right? That's yeah. good. Pastor Eric Andre, campus chaplain, Lutheran Student Fellowship of Pittsburgh. Hey, Eric, once more, people want to join you in the Bible study. How do they reach you? Yeah, Eric Andre, that's E-R-I-C-A-N-D-R-A-E at gmail.com or 412-683-4121. Very good. Uh, On this uh, September 11th, Eric, thank you for bringing us a message of peace. Peace be with you. Thanks, John and Kathy. Have a great day. Our pleasure. Take a quick break. Come back. Hey, uh, it's Friday night. Friday night lights. High school football's underway. Unfortunately, no one's showing up. Fifth Season Financial is a licensed lender, not available in all states. Visit fifthseasonfinancial.com for details. Are you or a loved one suffering financial hardship as a result of an advanced stage illness like cancer, Alzheimer's, or ALS? Are the financial side effects of your medical fight reducing your quality of life and causing stress and worry? Did you know that you could be eligible for a special loan to access funds locked up in your life insurance policy? 
Text the word LIVE to 411411 now. Fifth Season may be able to help you address your financial needs through our Funds for Living program. This simple-to-use program helps you access value that is locked up in your life insurance policy by lending you money against the face amount of your policy. This loan is not like other loans where you need to make monthly payments, and it only gets repaid out of the proceeds of the life insurance policy. Visit fifthseasonfinancial.com slash radio and get approved quickly. Fifth Season Financial wants to help you live your best life. Text LIVE to 411411. Text the word LIVE to 411411. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patient safety and our team member safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. On September 18th, don't miss Infidel, the new heart-pounding political thriller inspired by true events. You are an American spy. What? Infidel tells the story of one man's incredible journey of faith and survival after being kidnapped in the Middle East. And his wife's courage to never give up on him. This is terrorism. When his country abandoned him, his freedom became her mission. I came here to plead for his life. Starring Jim Caviezel. Do your job. See Infidel, only in theaters, September 18th. I mean, nothing screams the onset of fall like a high school football game on a Friday night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, did you not love high school football oh, games? Of course I did. I Man, was in was the band. Fun? Yeah, that's it was cool. the greatest. Yeah, excellent. And now, though, we're going to play high school football, which is a good thing. But no fans are allowed in attendance. So says Governor Wolf. Okay. So, so now he came to, did he decide because he, he, so he overrode the vote of the, of the Congress? Yeah. I, it's just a done deal. No one's showing up. So what do you do? You're looking like a little, little knot hole through the fence trying to see the game. I think is people ba- still show up. Is there a band? No, I'm, there's no band. Cheerleaders? Uh, I don't think so. There's no there's no cheerleaders in the NFL. Well, I know there's no cheerleaders in the NFL. So but what about a high thing, school football game? I don't. It's, you know, you're yelling and screaming. You just want to be really. It might be monks. It might be chanting. <laughs> it's what, like a church when you say, "We'd like you to hum." Okay. Well, thank you, but that's really dissatisfying. Sis Boomba, sis Go Team, Go Team. Very, very quiet, right? And I wonder if they're calling out when you call out the plays. You know, twenty five. Are they doing that? 
Probably not. No, they're humming. Very, very gentle. It's a shame. COVID I, ruins everything. I want to go to a game. Of course you want to go to the game. Imagine how much the parents of the football players want to go oh, to the game. Oh, man. Especially if they're seniors. That's right. it. And there's no homecoming either, right? No homecoming court at the football game. Don't even. I can't. Same. Anyway. Take a break. Five o'clock hour looks to be a good one. We're going to remember Flight 93 and uh, Political Visions and Illusions, a survey and Christian critique, contemporary ideologies. That's a lot. Sounds like a lot. How do we get along with each other? One hundred one point five WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh" and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. On this 19th anniversary of the 9/11 attacks on America, President Trump vowed in a speech at the Shanksville, Pennsylvania site where hijacked 93 crashed in a field that America will always fight back. In New York, both Vice President Pence and former Vice President Joe Biden attending a commemoration at Ground Zero. Later, Mr. Pence read Bible passages at another ceremony before stopping by a fire station to thank first responders there. Firefighters, aided by helicopters dropping a fire retardant and water, they're battling two large wildfires that threaten to merge near the most populated part of Oregon, including the suburbs of Portland. At this point... More than 10% of the state's population has had to flee the area. On Wall Street, the Dow gained 131 points today. This is SRN News. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. One nation under God. The inspiring new movie so relevant to our times. That it's a topic being discussed in this week's news. Who do you think you are? Just expressing my freedom of speech. Not around here, buddy. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Antonio Sabato Jr., and football great Herschel Walker. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. One Nation Under God, winner of 35 film festivals. God is still here. And God will always be here. From the producers of God's Not Dead, One Nation Under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. We can do anything with faith. We can accomplish anything with faith. SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. 
When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low 60. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high 80. Tomorrow night, mainly cloudy and warm with a couple of showers, mainly later with a low 64. Sunday, mostly cloudy and humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for this uh, September 11th edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. President Trump was at Shanksville early this morning, and uh, Joe Biden, I believe, is making his visit today. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, Shanksville is a, a very holy ground Flight 93 went down there 19 years ago today. And uh, Kath, uh, having been there just recently um, and then almost 19 years ago myself, it's an incredible place to be. And really, if no one's ever been out there, if you've not been out there for a visit, everyone should do so and do so in a timely fashion. Yeah, I've never been there, but I've thought that of all the heroes on September 11th, and there were so many heroes on September 11th, names that we'll never know. um, Those people on that plane, what they saved us from, uh, the the certain deaths that would have happened or the likely deaths, I would should say it to be more accurate um, that might have happened had they not crashed that plane where it was crashed. I mean, it could have been our lives on that yeah, day. Without a doubt. I mean, when you think about the, you know, the intended target, which we uh, were led to believe it's the, was the nation's capital Yep. Uh, or, you know, if they had decided not to bury that plane in the ground, it could have came to Pittsburgh proper. And who knows what that would have been like. So we do. I mean, of all the great heroics, and there were so many tens of thousands of heroics on that day, September 11th, 19 years ago, you have to think about what went on in that fuselage of that airplane of Flight 93. Those were the greatest heroes of the day. And not to diminish anyone, but uh, clearly what went on was extra, extraordinary. So God bless those men and women. Now, uh, what's interesting is that um, the Tower of Voices is uh, greeting visitors to the site. It's a, it's a new installation standing at 93, 93 feet high, a nod to the flight number. The lattice concrete tower 
is intended to provide a visible marker at the park's entrance off nearby Route 30. It was designed to function as a massive wind chime using air currents to activate a variety of acoustic tubes within. Now, we were just Mm -hmm. there at um, Shanksville probably um, maybe four weeks ago or five weeks ago. It had yet to be completed, but I believe as of today, it is completed, which adds a whole other layer of emotion to your visit. So uh, just a beautiful thing to be there at Shanksville. I want to highlight something that the president said today and then something that Joe Biden said today because I thought they both spoke well. Um, The president in Shanksville said, on that September morning when America was under attack, the battle turned to the skies above this field. Their momentous deeds will outlive us all. Isn't that the truth? Surely it is. I mean, isn't that the truth? And then later in the day, um, this is a really good point that Joe Biden made. He said, it's hard to underestimate the willingness of decent people to literally lay down their lives. When you think about what happened, it's one thing to react when you're in a situation where you're confronted with something and you have to act immediately. But it's another thing to consciously know that what you're about to do will likely cost you your life. Amazing. I mean, they got on that airplane as complete and total strangers to each other and then realized very quickly that this was not the norm. They banded together for the best of this country, right? Mm -hmm. They were patriots in the truest sense of the word because they gave everything so that we could thrive in America today, 19 years after the fact. So God bless those men and women. And of course, all the victims of September 11, 2001. I've been reading from the excellent article in the Tribune Review today, and I'll tell you the writer in a minute. But one other point I want to highlight is uh, Daryl Isaac is quoted in the piece, commander of VFW Post 9936 in Dayton, Ohio. He brought members of the Post and their colors to the National Memorial in Shanksville to honor the heroes of Flight 93. This is what he said. Come back here, and it's like you get a booster shot for humanity. Yeah, it really is. That's what we need, right? We need a booster shot. Anyway, uh, Renata Signorini. So writer of the piece. Let us take a, a quick break. Come back. We've got much more ahead. We're just getting underway here with the Friday edition of the ride home. Oh, uh, don't even leave before I get a chance to tell you. Tell me what? Well, Mike, you paying attention? Yeah, he is. He's just put a thumb up. He's too busy doing stuff in the studio. Okay. People, your weekend has begun. Oh, yes. It's nine minutes past the five o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Truly all is right in the world, at least in this corner of the world. So thank you. Very nice indeed. The weekend has begun. Well, it's a Friday afternoon. Uh, Friday afternoon. There is always something interesting on the weekend at the Spring House. Marsh is with us again. Hey, Marsh, what's happening at the Spring House this weekend? Hi, John. Hi, Kath. How are you guys? Good. good. Thanks, good, good, Marsh. Good to hear from you. you. Good. Well, coming up this weekend on Sunday is our grandparents' day ham and turkey dinner. So we will be cooking up a boatload of the old-fashioned 28-pound turkeys, and we are cubing bread, homemade bread right now as we speak, and chopping celery and onions and getting ready to make stuffing. And we're going to also bake up a bunch of our own hickory-smoked hams, which I know you guys love. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, we're going to have all kinds of goodies to come with it. Um, our hand-peeled mashed potatoes, Alabama vegetable casserole, sweet potato pie casserole, cabbage and noodles, corn pudding, all kinds of yummy stuff. And we have a, a meal deal where you can get some of each, and it's twelve ninety nine and plus two sides. So some ham and the hickory smoked ham and some turkey and stuffing and gravy, and pick a couple sides if you can. <laughs> nice. 
honor yeah, grandma and grandpap this Sunday at the spring house. Marsha, are you doing in, in room dining and takeout as well? Yes. And we have extra tables outside and in the picnic patch where it's nice and cool. And um, we are having people sit inside too. Outstanding. Hey, Marsha, thanks a lot. Always something good at the spring house. Look online for the full menu on grandma and grandpa this Sunday at the spring house. 101.5 WORD. You could win a Bible prophecy tour to Israel next March with Pathway to Victory's Dr. Robert Jeffress just by logging on to our station website and using the keyword Israel. There's nothing quite like standing on top of Mount Carmel where Elijah did battle with the prophets of Baal or looking out over the plain of Megiddo where the final world battle will take place. Enter now to win and discover ways to get bonus entries. Register today at wordfm.com slash Israel. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. From the producers of God's Not Dead. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I'm to be the man that God made me to be. A movie so relevant for our times. One nation under God. Who do you think you are? Just expressing my freedom of speech. Not around here, buddy. One nation under God. Winner of 35 film festivals. We can cut God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, but God will always be here. Starring Kevin Sorbo. Antonio Sabato Jr. and football great Herschel Walker. Imagine what we could do united for one nation. Let's make America great again. One nation under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. Hi, this is Robert Jeffers, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas and Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Let me encourage you to be in prayer about the upcoming election. Then make sure you prepare. Educate yourself on the agendas of the two parties and make sure you're registered. Finally, make your plan to vote, whether at the voting booth, by absentee, or vote by mail. Your voice is your vote. Your voice needs to be heard on November 3rd. Uh, it's the dawning of a, a new day in the United States of America. And in some ways, if you're not paying very close attention, it's hard to keep up with how the political winds have changed. Dr. David Koizis is with us. Dr. Koizis holds a Ph.D. in government and international studies from the University of Notre Dame. He has taught undergraduate political science for more than 30 years. His latest work is called Political Visions and Illusions, a Survey and Christian Critique of Contemporary Ideologies. David, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, John. David, we're remembering September 11th today, of course, as people around the United States are and around the world. Tell us where you were on that day at that time. Well, I was uh, I was teaching that day, and I had just finished uh, teaching a course on Russian politics. And as I came out of the room, somebody said that a bombing had taken place. You know, and uh, it wasn't a bombing, of course, but uh, that's what they were understanding. And and they had a television on in the library, and I went in there, and I was just flabbergasted by what I was seeing. Never expected to see that in my in in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and what so then you, as yeah. the, Go as the day goes on, David. I mean, you, you know, all of us were sort of getting this piecemeal information, and then you look at well, it's it's an ideology that's come upon us, right? There is something that uh, is untoward from the outside looking in about American society that radicals have deemed offensive to them. Uh, how do you wrap your head around something like that? 
Um, well, are you talking about with respect to 9-11 and the attacks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think um, I, I, I think what we were seeing at that time was uh, was a kind of radical jihadism, if you will, that was uh, attempting to, um, uh, to to have an influence and to try to um, uh, obviously to attack the United States. Uh, the, that sort of thing had been going on for some time with the Iranian Revolution in February of 1979, uh, with the attack on on America as the Great Satan, and so that was something that had been going on since. Um, Oh, I suppose the late 70s, and and certainly by the turn of the century, by the turn of this century, uh, um, you know that that came more out into the open, and people realized what 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 was happening and what was going on. So, David, you write in your book that no matter what the political ideology is, that in some ways that's inescapably religious. So, uh, you know, before you came on in the four in the four o'clock hour, uh, Misha Willett was on. He's a poet who joins us regularly, and he said that there was a radio station in Ohio somewhere that the day of um, September 11th, all afternoon, just on repeat. I can't even say it out loud. It's just so inane. Uh, on repeat, they just played the John Lennon song "Imagine." As some okay. kind of, yeah, as some kind of anthem, like, you know, wouldn't it all be great if, you know, nobody believed God? And uh, anyway, it's right. a, it's a well, well, see, but, that, go, yeah, but, that, but go ahead, because that, that, misses, that misses the heart of it, right? It does. Well, I, I, you know, it, it, it misses the reality that everybody is a person of faith. So, you know, that sometimes uh, people who think they're not religious will look uh, with a, a certain degree of condescension on those people that, that are upfront about their faith. You know, I'm a devout Christian or a Jew or a Muslim or, or what have you. Uh, you know, but there are devout Marxists, there are devout liberals, there are devout nationalists, if, if you will. And um, everybody follows a faith of, of some sort. Usually the, the idols that we pursue nowadays, are, they're not made of wood and stone like the ones we read about in the Bible, but they are um, intangibles like success, uh, um, you know, the monetary wealth, uh, good sex, uh, things that are supposed to uh, to um, make us more satisfied, more happy, happy people. Right. So then, David, how do you make sense of where we are today? I mean, 19 years after the fact, America is in an upheaval and there are new political threads that are, you know, uh, maybe not new uh, historically, but new for America in the 21st century. We're looking at, you know, fascism or socialism on the rise here. Where are you with all that? Yeah, that that was something that uh, that surprised me um, in the last 20 years about the um, uh, the rise of socialism within the American political landscape. Uh, you know, it, it has nowhere near the, the power of something like the German Social Democratic Party or the, the, the Labour Party in, in England or our own new Democratic Party here in Canada. But, but nevertheless, uh, socialism was always the, um, um, it was always a, a, a bad word in the, in, in the political arena. And if anybody were to utter that word, that would rule them out completely of any kind of, uh, of political office. That seems to have uh, faded away, I think at least partly because over the last 30 years, the generation that has, has grown up since 1989, 1990, has no memory of, of Soviet-style communism. Uh, there's China, of course, but China isn't really communist anymore. It's a, it's certainly an autocratic uh, regime which doesn't respect human rights. But the very idea of of communism is being a threat. Uh, that's something that the, the the current generation, those under 30, have have no memory of. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the danger of that, right, we're doomed to repeat ourselves if you don't know your history, right? So, I mean, when you look at this, does it make you wary of what might be ahead? Uh, to, to some degree, but, uh, but I also think that, that reality has a way of reasserting itself. You know, God's, um, God's order of creation is not something that we can, that we can recklessly um, abandon. It, it, always, it always bounces back, it always fights back in, in, in some way. So communism, the distortions of communism, only lasted really about 70 years, and then, and then something else came about. Uh, the ideologies that we are facing in um, in the Western world right now, um, those will have a limited lifespan. They may come back again in some other form, but uh, but in in general, as people li- live their lives and they have to confront uh, reality, hard reality, they have to change their ideas, mm-hmm. uh, accommodate that reality. Yeah, I also think David, you can weigh in on this. Um, I also think that the years after nine eleven. Um, were, you know, I think people felt as if a lot of the assumptions they had made, you know, if we, if we take democracy to other parts of the world, they will gladly receive it. They want it, you know, our, our, you know, in this post 9-11 era, one of the, I don't know, one of the responsibilities we have is to bring freedom to as many parts of the world as possible. And then we saw what happened in Iraq, um, in many ways, what happened in Afghanistan. And I think it caused a lot of kids growing up at the time to say, wait a minute, you know, so is this is this grand experiment that we're in really so much better than socialism? People don't want it. Yeah, well, the, democracy is not something that can be easily exported from one country to the next. You know, any more than you can you can transplant a palm tree from uh, from Florida into mm-hmm. um, the Northwest Territories of Canada, you know, it just just doesn't happen. There have to be certain kinds of cultural uh, preconditions. I think there probably have to be religious preconditions as well for the flourishing of uh, constitutional democracy. And the idea that um, um, that Iraq could be fashioned into a shining beacon of democracy for the Middle East that was that was naive in the extreme, because mm-hmm. the preconditions for for even Iraqi nationhood are simply not not present. Yeah, I can see though from I mean again it was it was a long time ago but I you know I remember clearly I had little kids at that time thinking about how disillusioned I was because at that point David I was buying into that. I was like, yeah, you know what? If you hold out freedom, if you hold out democracy to any culture, they're going to say, yeah, I want that. And when that whole pro- when that whole um project fell apart to me and I'm the average person, you know, I'm not I'm not, you know, someone who's doing the depths of depths of study that you've done. It it was I had to reorient my I don't know I had to reorient my opinion and my outlook on things. Right, right. Well, I don't I don't know that people in um, North America are necessarily giving up on democracy, even even if they claim yeah. to face socialism, because socialist parties have been uh, functioning within democratic countries for generations, you know, and and um, with with no uh, long range ill effect. But I, but I do think that the idea that, that the whole world wants democracy, uh, that's not necessarily the case. You know, if you're a devout Muslim and you think that, um, that democracy will empower people to um, uh, oppose Sharia law, then you're not going to be in favor of democracy. 
Yes. Right. Dr. David Coises is with us. He's the author of Political Visions and Illusions, a survey and Christian critique of contemporary ideologies. So, uh, David, you know, of course, you're Canadian. You're looking over the fence at the United States. When you see us now, I mean, we are so deeply divided, liberal, conservative. I mean, uh, Black there's white. riots in the streets and, you know, uh, it just seems out of control. But you do choose to take the long view, thank goodness, and especially from a Christian worldview. So this this thing we're going through right now of course nothing new under the sun we've been there before yeah well that's quite true and i i, sh- I should tell you that i'm i'm american born so you know oh, I, you I, know I, david I, I didn't know that oh yes yes i was born near chicago so i okay I, yeah so so you know i'm i'm looking at it as an outsider but as one who was um you know an insider uh, yeah. from 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 my my earliest days but, uh, but i will say that the, i grew up during the 1960s and, and that was a very turbulent time and again there were riots in the streets in major cities more than 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 there have been now um you know there were there was uh, there were protests against the vietnam war it certainly seemed like things were falling apart at that time and that was a scary time for me to grow up so you know taking the long view um i don't think that what uh americans are going through right now is all um, is it's it, it's not unusual. It's not. I don't think we should we should say that everything is hopeless. Everything is going down the tubes, mm-hmm. uh, because I think I think if we take the long view, things will happen. People will reforms will take place. Tempers will will cool down. The pandemic, presumably, and the lockdowns will will end eventually, and people will be able to um, um, hopefully come out of their houses and talk with each other. And um, and one hopes people will be able to sit down and listen to each other as well, because listening is even 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 more significant than talking. David, let's move from talking about one hot mess to another hot mess Um, from uh, the other side of the fence, as John said. um, Talk about how you're seeing how Americans are responding to the presidential election. Yeah, that that, of course, is is bringing um, uh, is 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 bringing out the. uh, the divisions within the American body politic, and it seems as though America is divided down down the middle. Um, I think both political parties have have deep flaws. That um, um, in in many respects, uh, from my vantage point, as old as I am, it looks to me as though the the two political parties are are um, diseased parodies of their former selves. Mm, aren't uh, they? The Democratic Party is not the party of of. Um, Roosevelt and, and Harry no. Truman, and the no. Republican Party is not the party of Eisenhower either. Mm-hmm. And I think no. that that's that 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 that's tragic. Um, but as long as we're stuck with those two parties, then people will have to choose between them. And and what most people are probably going to do is to try to to cast their vote for the person or the party they think will do the least damage. Right. Okay. So let's talk about the political ideologies of those two camps, the red and blue camps in America. So even if you're talking, you know, most people I think in America would say, oh, well, the religious people are usually the Republicans, right? Um, The more secular people are the Democrats. And I think that, you know, research generally bears that out, though, of course, we all know individuals who cross over in, in, uh, in all sorts of ways, politically speaking. But there is a religious fervor to that is secular to both places uh in both camps so can you talk about how you see that yeah i think that's true i i, I would i would make a notable exception with the democrats the uh, uh black americans are, are very largely christian um and uh, but they also uh, monolithically tend to vote for the democratic party mm-hmm. there are exceptions 
to that as well. So the Democrats can't afford to um, um, alienate uh, the um, African-American Christian population. But I think it is true that uh, the Democrats have, have moved in a direction where they have effectively alienated many, many Christians who formerly support, supported them, such as, um, such as, as um, devout Roman Catholics and, and Southern Baptists. Yeah. So what about the the strange um, craziness? It's like a religious fervor that has overtaken people all surrounding the character of Mr. Trump. I mean, pro and against. It's the, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I'm not making a partisan statement here, but I'm not terribly fond of of of, of Trump as a as a mm-hmm. uh, as a person or as a as a as a political leader. I think, the, um, despite his, um, um, you know, the, his his rhetoric, I think I think leadership at the top is is quite weak, and I think that may be one of the reasons why the pandemic has has taken such a toll in the United States. Uh, more than in other countries around the world, certainly more than Canada, yes. and so um, yeah. And but it, but it, but there there is a certain segment of the population that simply will not hear anything negative about him. Um, you know, they assume that there there their lies being told, and I think that kind of loyalty is over the top. Yes. Right. And on the other side, David, the, the people who ha- it seems like they're living their entire public life just to oppose one man. I mean, it just seems like an, an incredible overreach of of energy output that you would get that there's just this much media attention that has to be focused against one man, too. Right, right. It's, it's true. Yeah. But I, I think that's that's the situation that the country finds itself in at the present time. Um, I, I wish I knew a way out of that. You know, I wish there were a third party that had a that yeah, had no a chance kidding. of um, yeah that had a chance of um, that there is there is a party called the American Solidarity Party that's attempting to become right. that third party. You know, and I wish them well. I hope they're, they're able to make a, make an impact. Yes, and, and at the same time, you know, um, I, I don't think I need to get too low or too high because Christ is on the throne and uh, He will see us through. I firmly believe that. Well, that's true. Yeah, and that's where we have to take the long view. Yes. Well, Dr. Koizis, thanks as much. We always appreciate your presence here with us. Always good to have you along. Okay, very good. Thanks a lot. Thank Goodbye. you, Dr. David Koizis. Goodbye to you. Political Visions and Illusions, a Survey and Christian Critique of Contemporary Ideologies. Dr. David Koizis. Stick around. We're going to do the Week in Review in a little bit. You don't want to miss that. We take a look back at what went on. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henney Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Hello, this is Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas and voice of PowerPoint Radio. Let me encourage you to be prepared to vote in this upcoming election. Before the Lord, it is our right and our responsibility to take part in the democratic process. The stakes are far too high to sit back and let others choose the course for our nation's future. Register, plan ahead, and please vote. 
This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. In these COVID pandemic times, everything is up for grabs. It feels as though there's no mooring, there's no strength, there's no center point. Everything has changed, especially when you think about going back to school, whether your child's in elementary school or junior high, high school, and deeply, college. Everything has changed. That's why Kath and I have great confidence in Grove City College. School will open. Students will be on campus this fall at Grove City College. And our confidence is knowing that Grove City is prepared and ready to do the right thing as the students show up. Right, Kath? That's the hard thing, John, is, you know, every school district, every private school is trying to figure out what the best thing to do is, right, and how to keep the kids safe. And I think you make a good point when you say, you know what, so much is up for grabs right now. So you have to come back to who you really have the confidence and who's shown you up to this point that they're trustworthy so that in uncertain times you can say, okay, I remember what you've been like in the past. I'm going to trust you going forward. And that's where we are with Grove City. They've done an excellent job communicating with us as parents. We're looking forward to our kids going back and we're looking forward to being as supportive as we possibly can as parents. A deep dive into a quality education with Jesus in the center. Grove City College online, gcc.edu. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, Partly cloudy with a low 60. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high 80. Tomorrow night, mainly cloudy and warm with a couple of showers, mainly later with a low 64. Sunday, mostly cloudy and humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Well, here's a little good news from uh, the Cathedral of Notre Dame. In a sign that the um, Notre Dame is returning to uh, life, the archaeological crypt that sits under its courtyard reopened yesterday. Hmm. The first time that flames devoured the cathedral's roof and toppled its spire in April of last year. Now, before the crypt could reopen, I'm reading from Smithsonian Magazine, before the crypt could reopen, masses of toxic lead dust from a fire had been removed ancient stones cleaned, ventilation systems vacuumed, lighting and interactive programs reorganized, mold eliminated, and anti-COVID measures imposed, including rules for physical distancing, mask wearing, touching interactive screens, and limitations on the number of visitors. The Crypt celebrated the opening with an exhibition of the two 19th century men who helped restore the 850-year-old medieval monuments to greatness, the novelist Victor Hugo and the architect Eugene Violette Mm. Ledoux. 
So that's good news. I mean, um, it has become a major tourist attraction. It's only been open since 1980, and the crypts include more than 19,000 square feet. The Whoa. largest crypts in Europe includes archaeological discoveries <gasps> made during excavations way back in the 1960s. Whoa, that 19, is craziness. It sure is. That's amazing. You know what I was so like mystified by when I was in Europe, John, because it's so different than America the amount of money and attention that these countries put into those historic churches yeah. is shocking. It surely is shocking. We do, it is so different than what we do here. I mean, it's like, I, I can't imagine the amount of money it took to do what you described. Right. Well, the thing is for a lot of these churches, you know, unfortunately they become essentially tourist attractions, Right? right. So to keep sure. that motion forward, you've got to make sure that your product is clean and available sure. to the opening public. Right. So sure, whether it's but, Notre but, Dame sure, or- but, but here's the thing. You can get into Notre Dame for free. Right. Yeah. You can you have to pay for a tour. Sure. If you want it. But you can get in for free. So the majority of people are walking in there for free. Without a doubt. Yeah. And it's just it's just a different attitude that the populace has that there that I feel like we're missing here in America. And I don't hate America, please. When you send your email that I, I don't hate America, I think America is wonderful, but I don't think it's perfect. And one of the things I think that West, that at least the Western European countries I went to is just, they all have a sense of ownership and responsibility to those historic places. Well, look, I mean, we're 200 plus years old. So, right. you know, I've been ta- telling you this week, I've been watching the Tour de France. They're, they're showing, you know, churches from the 11th century. Well, someone's got to take care of that to make sure right. that, you know, the stones are in good shape, that the figures still continue to stand. So it does require maintenance and yeah. it's necessary. So that's a very good thing. Yeah, it's a ton of money. It's a ton of commitment. And boy, yep. when you travel there, what a joy it oh is to gosh. see that. that what is. amazing. So kudos. Amazing I'd say it's good news it's for Notre news. Dame. There was talk about, you know, will it be resurrected again? There was also controversy about, you know, how do they restore it to what end? Will they, you know, devolve from the original architectural plans right. and make it something new? I don't know if that's, you know, where that is on the drawing board. But at least Notre Dame is back on track again. Awesome. Amazing news. Terrific. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time, friends, for the week in review. John and I look back over the last seven and say, what was what? So stay right where you are. It's the ride home. W-O-R-D. Seems like it was yesterday. September 11th, a national day of remembrance. And you forgot about September 11th? A day we called upon God. America today is on bended knee in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. Remembering September 11th, 2001. 101.5 W-O-R-D. In God we trust. Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money back guarantee mypillow.com. Save 30%, use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's mypillow.com, promo code WORD or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously. 
get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about my pillow. 800 on September 18th, don't miss Infidel, the new heart-pounding political thriller inspired by true events. You are an American spy. What? Infidel tells the story of one man's incredible journey of faith and survival after being kidnapped in the Middle East and his wife's courage to never give up on him. This is terrorism. When his country abandoned him, his freedom became her mission. I came here to plead for his life. Starring Jim Caviezel. Do your job. See Infidel, only in theaters September 18th. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call one 800 very dry or visit jdwaterproofing.com I've been searching for ways to grow deeper in my faith and strengthen my daily walk and I found it at crosswalk.com from Bible study tools to Christian living articles, devotionals, movie reviews, to marriage and finance articles. Well, you get the idea. Crosswalk.com also has a great online community of Christians just like me. With everything just a click away, it's like having a trusted friend, teacher, and mentor right here at my desk every day. Crosswalk.com, the intersection of faith and life. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. What was everyone talking about this week? Well, in our house, everyone was talking about colleges closing. Uh, we have a student who was a Penn Stater, and apparently they're going back online after trying to be, you know, in person. It didn't look good. And all across the country, we see that, mm-hmm. right? You know, college kids are going to be college kids. They're out partying. They're out running around. They're not wearing masks. So against best efforts, it looks as though a lot of colleges are just going to go back into the video mode again, which is a shame. That's what we talked about at our house. Kath? Well, I think a lot of people are already heating up talking about the presidential election. Since we had Mike Pence in here this week, we had Donald Trump in here this week and Joe Biden in here this week. And since Pennsylvania is one of the swing states, we're going to have a lot more where that came from. You got that right. What was a conversation that made you think? Yesterday, we talked to Jay Warner Wallace. And I appreciate a man who is obviously very strong in his Christian faith, but has spent decades in law enforcement. And I believed he was a reasonable conversation about the difficulties of engaging as a police officer where we are right now, especially from a Christian perspective. I think it's um, it was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, I had a whole bunch. I couldn't. I had a hard time picking this week. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about two uh, because it was a tie. The the one is Stephen Mansfield. He joined us Wednesday at four ten, and uh, the subject of our conversation with Stephen was messianic politics. Basically, you can kind of guess from context what that means when you make your politics your messiah. All sorts of things get screwed up, right. and you can imagine that it screws up your theology, right? Your understanding of who God is. If you if you've taken Jesus, who says he was the Messiah, and certainly acted like one, and you substitute your politics for it, but he said also it really just makes you a bad voter, because all of a sudden you end up voting for the person you think is going to usher in the new millennium. There isn't anybody that's going to do that. So that was one thing. The second what? thing was 
No, no, no. Hold on, Mike. I'm just, I'm still going here. I'm riffing because we had the conversation on Tuesday about the guy that donated to the sperm bank 30 years ago. And now he found that he has 19 children. I don't want to hear that conversation again. I'm done with that. Just move on. Wow. All right. Now Mike hit the thing. What did you eat? Yeah, well, okay, so the weather's changing, right? I mean, it was 80, 85, 90 degrees this week, and all of a sudden, well, last night we had ribs, corn on the cob, and uh, we had peaches and red plums for dessert. So Mm. it was kind of like our ode to summer. That's really a nice thing to eat, is it not? Mm -hmm. Well, as you may know, if you listen to the show, I uh, had a horrible bout with kidney stones a couple weeks ago. Mm. And um, in seeing my urologist, uh, she broke the terrible news to me that perhaps my diet could have something to do with the really? development of kidney stones. And so I have had no nuts. That's oh. what I've eaten over the last week. No nuts. Because you now ate nuts daily. Now that's crazy because I didn't go a single day without needing nuts. I've done that for decades. Nuts mm. is like the, my main part of my diet. Anyway, she right. said, no nuts. I, people, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like eating, I ate chips. For, then I was like, I shouldn't be eating chips. And then I was like eating sugar snap peas. And I was like, oh, these taste bad. Like, I don't even know what to eat anymore. And here's the worst part. I'm also drinking green tea. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. So when our kids were little, they went to a school that was a no nut zone. Right, mm. so that's what you're doing too. Great. Yeah, no, not zone of the Emmons household. That's, perf- that's perfect. I feel bad for you. Sorry, like a stinking nightmare. All right, next. What did you watch? Yeah, um, I was out in the uh, the yard here, and uh, I'm facing due north, and I'm thinking about you know there I am in the in the makeup, you know due north and all the, and then I'm thinking about magnetic north, and then I started to think about the North Pole. So I, I'm, I'm reading online about you know what is north, and then all of a sudden in this article I'm reading they go, which reminds me in this article. You should look at Top Gear because they went to the North Pole in yes. 2007. And I thought, yes. oh, I remember that episode. So I went back and watched these guys, Jeremy oh, poor, Clarkson, poor James Hammond. May, Richard Didn't Hammond. Oh. Richard Hammond on board a sled the with, you know, the mush dogs and a professional musher. Uh, and they were out there 85 degrees below zero. And then there's, you know, Jeremy Clarkson and James May driving this beautiful Toyota pickup truck that had oversized wheels. And they literally drove to the North Pole. I mean, it's a really great episode. So we're fans of Top Gear. And I just loved it so much to think about in the middle of nowhere. Oh, my The North Pole. Gosh. God help us. I can't believe Richard ever forgave them <laughs> for them I, being in the car and him being on the yeah, dog. They were like, drinking remember, gin and tonic. Right. Remember the night he's trying to sleep and he's to, he like he's so exhausted and cold. Yes. He's, he just starts weeping. Yep. It's just, oh, my god. Meanwhile, gosh. the dogs are sitting outside sleeping. Right. La, 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 la. Yeah. No big fine. deal. No big yep. deal. What are you watching? Um, I watched uh, Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk last week. Oh, weekend. did you though? I did. First time you saw it? Yeah, it's the first time I'd seen it. We had our film critic, Alyssa Wilkinson, on, and she was saying that she really didn't like Tenet all that much. It wasn't one of her, it wasn't her favorite Christopher Nolan film. And so I said, what is your favorite yeah. Christopher Nolan film? And she said, Dunkirk. And I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. So we watched it. Um, boy, it's a fine film. It really is. I, I have to say that halfway through, I didn't think it was a fine film. Halfway through, lost. I thought, what is happening? Yeah. I can't even figure out who's who. Where are the we? Flotilla. Yeah, right. it was like it was it was a lot. But by the end, boy, that last 15, 20 minutes is really powerful. Yeah, it's an amazing story uh, wow. of, the, of those helping others during World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. Nice really choice. Wonderful. Yeah. What hacked you off? Mm. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll try not to. 
How about these? How about these guys? This is my highlight of my week, Mike. I mean, <laughs> just just this little couple minutes. What is, what is wrong <laughs> with our federal government? Do you know that there are like millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people who are unemployed with no hope in sight? And meanwhile, the federal government's like, eh, we're just going to like uh, kick it down the road a little bit. Maybe we're going to give you a little stimulus check. Maybe we won't. Oh, the president's proposing something. We'll just ignore that. So do something. Help people who need help. The stimulus checks, they should be helping people extend unemployment. I mean, that really hacks me off. We, we elect these people and they do nothing. Meanwhile, they're paid handsomely and they sure just are. sit on their you know, hands and the government goes to hell in a handbasket. Well, are you done? I'm done. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. I just, once I saw those videos come out of Pittsburgh over the weekend of the, you know, yokels, you know, picking apart the people yeah, trying yeah. to Going eat at, at Siena Mercado and ripping completely into the minority owned McDonald's. It's just, I can't, I lie. You know, I thought we cannot, we cannot draw the line between legitimate constitutionally guaranteed protest and this type of unrestrained aggression we can't tell the difference between people who are protesting peacefully and that i mean oh yeah we're in deep trouble deep deep trouble yeah what was the best news you heard this week well, I don't know if you know the story. I've been following along, but there is a reporter for KDK TV, uh, Pam Serrano, and uh, her 13-year-old daughter, a little girl, her, her name is Mary, Mary Maloney. She was out on the trampoline and she had an accident mm-hmm. and she called her mom and said, I can't move my legs. I've had an accident. So they took her to Children's Hospital. She spent a week in Children's Hospital. It turns out she's had a spinal stroke because of what she did on the trampoline. She's now in rehab. The good news is, though, that in rehab, she has regained some feeling. And she's able to see, you know, whenever they touch her her lower extremities, she's able to feel people touching her. So they're thinking that, Mm. you know, she may recover fully from this stroke but it's going to be a long long road so really bad news but really good news as well to think a little girl at 13 years old will come back to full physical health so so in your prayers please uh, pray for mary maloney oh pray for mary maloney um i think the good news is that ryan shazier was able to walk away from football same thing yes yep yes he was able to listen that night he had that injury we talked about it earlier this week on the day he retired you know it was just the most sickening possible oh gosh you think really all of our excitement about sports and this is what it does to people i mean it was just it was so overwhelming and just remembering the night that he walked across the stage and craft and following him on instagram he's just a terrific person a believer in jesus with a family who loves him and a ton of teammates and coaches who love him Anyway, to think, you know, that was back in 2017 to think it's three years later he decided to retire and he's able to walk out you know it's the best news. Excellent. And in closing, you two have anything meaningful for us? Well, um, I, yeah, I, I think so. So I, I'm reading this week. I was reading Job. Okay. And boy, Job can be a hot mess. Can he? Yeah. Man. Oh, man. So I'm reading and I had one of these moments. I'm reading Job 22, 21. Okay. Agree with God and be at peace. Mm-hmm. Thereby, God will come to you. Wow. I read that 
And I burst out laughing. I mean, I was howling. Agree with God and be at peace. Thereby God will come to you. And I thought, yes, yes. So I'm, you know, looking at my study Bible. So, you know, Eliphaz is saying this to Job. Hey, Job, you hypocrite, you coconut, settle down. Agree with God. Be in accordance with what God has given you, what his dreams are for you. Follow God's law and all will be well. We forget that in our society today. We're so far away from that. So Job 22, 21, agree with God and be at peace. Thereby God will come to you. I was at Grove City College yesterday. Um, very happy, really thrilled to be their chapel speaker. Um, this passage that I talked on is one that I've spent so much time thinking about over the last couple of weeks. John, you and I've read it on the air before, but it's just so good. I mean, I just it deserves reading again. This is first Peter chapter one, starting at the 22nd verse. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply hmm. from the heart. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. I'll fast forward. Therefore, rid yourselves, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Amen to that fabulous. And that's John and Cappy's Week in Review. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com HR. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. This is Jerry Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place, or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. 
Where the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has been at the forefront of inflammatory bowel disease research and care for over 50 years. Learn more about research, education, and support at Crohn'sColitisFoundation.org. Hi, this is Robert Jeffers, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas and Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Let me encourage you to be in prayer about the upcoming election. Then make sure you prepare. Educate yourself on the agendas of the two parties and make sure you're registered. Finally, make your plan to vote, whether at the voting booth, by absentee, or vote by mail. Your voice is your vote. Your voice needs to be heard on November 3rd. You know, so so far away from California, from the West Coast, we are used to hearing reports of wildfires in California. But uh, what's happening right now in Oregon, it defies explanation. Um, dozens have been reported missing in Oregon as fires becoming closer to the Portland suburbs. And apparently officials in Oregon are preparing for a, what they call, quote, a mass fatality incident. Oh, my as God. Fires have consumed more than a million acres. And uh, Oregon's fires are unlike anything that the state has ever seen. Uh, fires are growing in California, Washington, so, uh, I mean, we, I think everybody saw those photos from San Francisco the other night. They looked like something out of Blade Runner, right. uh, sort of sci-fi. I mean, how dangerous is that mm. to see thousands and thousands of acres being consumed? God bless those people. Uh, you're, if you're a prayer, oh, pray for those people exa- uh, on oh, the West Coast. Amen and amen. Well, I saw a fascinating article on um, – on the redwoods, you know, I've thought often about, you know, how how forests regenerate and how they are destroyed. It's just a, a really amazing process. And I thought about the redwoods and I thought, yeah. so, you know, ha- has that has that sector been damaged as well? And I read in USA Today um, that all sorts of people other than me feared that the ancient growth old redwoods, some as old as 2000 years, had succumbed to the flames. Hmm. But photos and reports from inside showed that while buildings and campground infrastructure are gone, the redwoods remain. In fact, scientists are saying, John, it's an amazing feat that surviving a wildfire, which was ignited, as we know, by a lot of lightning storms, amongst other things, um, is expected for the redwoods. It says, quote, these trees are amazing. That's Mark Finney, who's a research forester. He said, they have an ancient lineage. They're meant to survive fires and individual trees likely have survived far worse. This is why. Redwoods have thick bark that can survive intense blazes. So it's not their size. It's the thickness of their bark. Also Mm. tannin in the tree's bark and in its heartwood gives the redwoods their color. And it acts, if you can believe this, as a flame retardant. Really? I mean, I guess all those defenses allow those trees to live to live that, that long. super long life. It's fabulous. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, anyway, really so is. I mean, I, I don't bring that up to in any way denigrate the loss of no, life. No, no, I just no, of to say not. that it's, it's amazing that there's anything that's surviving this at this yes. point. God's creation, well, it always renews itself. Uh, oh, yeah, but what the, it's so painful in the interim. Oh, yeah, it really is. Goodness. Listen, that area <laughs> of the country 
is Beautiful. so spectacular. Yes. I spent a whole two weeks out there, maybe five years ago. And boy, it is that Oregon is a spectacular mm -hmm. state as in, as is North Carolina or uh, Northern California. Yes. And, um, but it is like the amount of trees is shocking. Yeah. The forest. I mean, the great right. Pacific Northwest, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, before we leave, you got plans for the weekend? No, nothing. I'm going to get my hair cut. Hey, good for you tomorrow. I'm excited about that. That's like, that's as big as my plans get this weekend. I've been it's really good. busy over the last week or so, and I'm looking forward to getting back. Shut a bit. it down. Very yeah. nice. Excellent. Mike, anything for you? You got any, you know, as a, the new homeowner, there's always a plan, right? Oh, yeah. Tomorrow morning, I'm, uh, I'm planting some grass behind in my backyard. And then uh, after that, I'm heading to uh, Newcastle to celebrate uh, my niece's fourth birthday. Nice. nice little family yeah. gathering. Yeah, I right, like that. Right for the Duffies. Very nice indeed. Yeah. What about if I decide to watch another Christopher Nolan film, John? Which one should I watch? Uh, Dark boy. Knight. Yeah, Dark Prestige? Knight. That, have you not seen that? Oh, I Prestige. Fell is, have you seen Prestige? Yeah, but I don't really remember it. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Well, go back and look at the canon. Look on Rotten Tomato for uh, suggestions and stars. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.